Welcome to the MTech Cast, brought to you by CompTIA's Emerging Technology Community, where we talk with experts in the industry about emerging technology. Hello, and welcome to CompTIA's MTech Cast, where we talk about all things emerging tech with the people bringing these fascinating new technologies to market. MTech Casts are brought to you by CompTIA's Emerging Tech Community, an ongoing forum that looks at new and emerging technology that improves business outcomes. Feel free to join us at comptia.org slash communities. My name is Jim Hamilton, and I have the pleasure of welcoming Jim Blassengame, uh, who's a small business expert, futurist, keynote speaker, author and small business columnist to talk about the wild world of ethics and what happens in our new uh, emerging uh, uh, technology world. So Jim, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you. Hi, Jim. It's, it's, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. So your focus is on ethics in emerging tech. Tell me why is that important to you and why should it be important to us? Maybe some of our listeners think, you know, really, is ethics that important in emerging tech? What are well, your thoughts and, on and that? of course, emerging tech is, 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 a, is, a, is an excellent word, a term that you guys use. I prefer to think of it as digital leverage because uh, if you think about it, Jim, for 10,000 years, our world was analog. We're, you and I are analog, and we always have been, always will be as human beings. All of our world, um, everything around us was analog. Nothing digital about 10,000 years of human existence. And so everything we created was analog. And so here we are, analog beings in an analog world. God is in his heaven. All is right with the world. Nothing could go wrong, right? And it, and it was. And, and, and other than a few people breaching equilibrium, a few bad guys breaking into equilibrium, which we wound up, you know, getting, putting back into place with, with what I call the passive forces, uh, the, our ethical world. Other than those things, you know, everything was fine. But then now we come to a time in our history where our leverage is not analog. It's not horsepower. It's not miles per hour. It's, it's miles per second. It's thousands of miles per second. It's billions of bits per second. And that's digital leverage. And the reason we're having, there's so much anxiety right now, we're still analog beings requiring analog ethics, but we're living in an increasingly, in a world that is increasingly using digital leverage. And there's where the problem is. And we come together as we emerge, as we converge, Jim, as, as those forces, human analog ethics and our expectations converge with increasingly faster and more powerful digital leverage, as those two things converge, that's where our increasing anxiety is. When I travel around the country speaking to audiences and I ask them, are you increased, do you feel that you're increasingly anxious about technology? I've never had hands go up so fast or so or so completely in the audience as when I ask that question. It's really amazing, and we're seeing it in the in the in the marketplace right now. the The news media is full of these kinds of stories, uh, with Facebook, with Google, with uh, with what the Europeans are doing right now. Um, the whole Facebook um, uh, uh, Cambridge Analytica scandal that happened a while back. These are all examples of what I talk about in the book, and and to try to help people understand that we're 
expecting digital leverage to do something it is not capable of doing. And that is, and that is be ethical. We, we, if you don't put ethics, if you don't put ethics into digital leverage, you won't get ethics out of it. Okay, so you gave some really good examples there of the Cambridge Analytica scandal, certainly with GDPR coming in in, in, in Europe and, you know, these various things. And, and it is creating angst, you know, even laws can't keep up. You know, you think about right. autonomous cars and, you know, just the legislation that needs to be there and the ethical decisions. So I get it, and I, I think our, our listeners would get it. Um, how do you see this transition from analog ethics to digital ethics playing out over the next five years? Are you optimistic, pessimistic, or cautious? What do you see? At the moment, I'm not optimistic because people still aren't understanding. <clears throat> Jim, I think, I think what's happening is we're looking for answers to questions that have never been asked before. Mm, that's interesting. Whenever, so you whenever you and I have in the past Whenever in the in the analog age, whenever there was a hum, whenever there was leverage delivered, a machine was was turning, uh, a vehicle was moving, a hammer was dropping, a scissors were cutting. Wherever that leverage was happening, there was a human nearby to apply ethics to that. We don't people don't realize how much ethics there have we we have imposed on our analog leverage over the last. 10,000 years, um, and we expected, and we've done it so long, we've, we've been doing it so long, it's innate in us, we don't think about it, and that's the problem. We don't even think about the analog leverage that we use every day, so if we're not thinking about the analog leverage that we use with analog leverage, analog ethics, I should say, with analog leverage, if we don't think about that, how are we going to think about digital leverage and the requirement for for, for digital ethics, um, the the if you think about it, the, your emerging tech, as you, as you call it, how much of that tech works hour after hour, 24/7-365 without a human being nearby? A lot of it, right? A lot of it, yeah. Well, who's who's there to put who's there to when when, when decisions have to be made, when humans have to be taken into consideration, who is there? To apply that digital that digital ethics, no one is there, right? Yeah. We haven't figured out how to install trust on a nine gigahertz, not to cool, thirty-two core processor. We haven't figured that out yet. Is is not part of this issue just that humans can't keep up with the decision-making process of our technology? So, you know, we we just you know, like you think about AI, or you think about you've been just talking about you know just just the speed at which things move. Um, you know, we just think at a colossally slower pace than the technology does. Is that part of the issue that that we just can't keep up to make those decisions in real time? What you're saying is accurate, but I don't think that's our problem. I think the problem is we expect if I give you if I give you a hammer, Jim, I expect you to be ethical with that hammer. If I said, Jim, I'm going to hire you as a carpenter. Here's a hammer. Here's a saw. Hear nails, uh, go to work. I expect you to go drive a hammer. I don't expect you to break out the windows or attack the, the other employees, right? Right. Of because course. you're an, because you're an ethical person. You 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 do the right thing. I expect you to do the right thing. But and so I gave you tools. I gave you levers to use. Those are all analog things. And I know if I'm being simplistic, but but 
but if you think about it, that's what we've done for 10,000 years. Today, we're, we're logging on to Facebook, then basically you're picking up a hammer. Yeah. But nobody is applying ethics to, what's, to, to Facebook's hammer, to Facebook's leverage. And, and we, expect, we expect Facebook to do it, but Facebook is not. I mean, we now know that, that, that they're having difficulty even understanding what their ethics are. Let alone yeah. what our ethics, what we expect of them, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're they're admitting that they're even. And the reason I the reason I'm I think my point is valid, is you heard Zuckerberg basically tell the government, you're probably going to have to regulate us. We have to start realizing that everything we do, in our lives and in our jobs, involves leverage. We've now and and human beings require ethics. Right, Jim. You and I. You and I are as human beings. We we require ethics. We require people to behave in certain ways. It's almost innate. We don't even think That's about. That's exactly it. right. It's almost and unfortunately, it's almost too innate because mm-hmm. we don't think about it. So now here we are. We've moved into this world where our leverage has changed. Our our leverage is increasingly digital, but our ethics has not become digital. And so here we are sitting here requiring the future to be ethical the way we thought of it in the past. So th- th- this that's is not gonna, that's not gonna work. And so we have to make some adjustments. I'm not saying we don't I'm not saying we're still gonna we're always gonna require trust. Humans are always gonna require trust, but we've got to find a way to get comfortable with trust on a nine gigahertz, thirty two core nitrogen cool processor. Yeah, super connected world, uh, all of that. So so this this is probably distressing to most of the people listening to this this podcast right now and 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 I think you know what you're what you're talking about is hitting a nerve as you mentioned all those people putting their hands up I mean we just have to look at the news for the last two or three years and and the things that are happening out there as a result of disruptive technology you know everything from you know uh, just just people abusing data to you know potentially even uh, you know uh, on a global scale uh, countries uh, misusing technology and taking advantage of it Um, Give us a prescription. So, you know, what, what's the solution in your mind? What's got to happen uh, collectively for us to make that tradition a transition from analog ethics to digital ethics? How do we keep the forces of greed and fear uh, at bay and and continue that 10,000-year transition given given where we are today with emerging technology? Well, we've got it, and that's an excellent question. Again, that's the most important question. Um, we've got to do a couple of things. One thing we have to do is find a way to mount trust on that processor I was talking about. And there are there is technology that will help us do that. We've been talking with Jim Blassengame, the author of The Third Ingredient. We're just going to take a brief pause as we hear an important message. In an era of perpetual disruption, much of it propelled by breakthroughs in business technology, access to industry insights and expertise is more essential than ever. So is CompTIA. We're your nonprofit global tech association connecting leading innovators with the experienced technology solution providers who together are actively redefining the state of business technology. If your business builds, sells, influences, or drives the adoption of technology, CompTIA is the place for you. We help you and all the levels of your organization succeed through unbiased industry insight, credible guidance, and supportive collaborations that help you transform the way you do business. 
Become a member today at comptia.org slash register. The other thing that's important, it's a little vignette that I've developed that I'd like to, I'd like to give you right now. I'd like to perform for you right now, so to speak. So let's say that you are in your favorite alfresco cafe drink cappuccino. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've got your, your smartphone in front of you, and you've just discovered the most awesome, sexiest app in the world. You've, you've never seen anything like this, and you're literally just about to download that app, and you're just about to hit the enter key. And somebody walks up to you and, 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 and interrupts you and says, excuse me, uh, Mr. Hamilton, um, you know Jim Blassingame, don't you? And you say, well, you look up and say, what? And that, Jim Blassingame, you know him, would you? And, and you say, well, maybe I do, maybe I don't. What's your point? What do you want? And he says, well, I'd like to contact him, and I'd, I think you have his contact information, and I'd like for you to give me that contact information so I can get in touch with Jim Blassingame. Now, freeze frame for a second. You know me. You have my contact information. Are you going to give him that contact information? No, yeah. of course not. Because you don't know him, and you think I'm expecting you to protect my privacy, aren't you? Absolutely. That's analog ethics. That's the ethics that we've grown, we've grown to know for 10,000 years. Now, let's, let's roll the tape again. Act two. So I, I look at you and I say, I'm sorry, I can't help you, I don't know you, uh, I'm going to protect Jim's privacy, so if you don't mind, I'm kind of busy right now, I'm going to go back to what I was doing. Whereupon you turn to your phone and you press the enter key, but underneath, above the enter key is a, is a, is a, a disclaimer that the app maker provided you that said, if you download my app for free, I'm going to access everything on your phone, including your whereabouts, your contacts, your conversations. I'm going to, cont- I'm going to take everything on your phone. I'm going to have access to everything. And you, and by, by hitting the enter key and accepting my app for free, that's your cost. Now, I'm being a little wordy with, with what I just said. But I have a, I actually have an app on my phone that the, that the company is part of the phone. Actually, it's not a, it's not something I found. I actually found that language, language to that effect, on a, on a, on a, 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 a otherwise innocuous app on my phone, and I chose not to down to use that app, even though it was handy, because I didn't want to give everybody else's information away. But you, and I'm using you as an example, when you hit that button, having passed the analog ethics test, you fail the digital ethics test. You see what I mean? So I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm following that uh, 100%. Or anybody, or anybody. So here's, here's the question. Now, I, I don't know all the details of the Cambridge, Facebook Cambridge Analytica thing, but everybody's mad at Facebook, right? Well, well the, I promise you that Cambridge Analytica, that, that professor in England, who wrote that app had a disclaimer. I bet you anything he had a disclaimer that says, if you download my app, I'm going to come get your stuff. So who's really to blame, Jim? Is it, is it Facebook? Is it Cambridge Analytica? Is it a professor? Or is it the people who had no thought about what was going to happen when they hit that enter key? I think, we, I think there's enough blame to go around. 
And you ask me, how are we going to stop this? We're going to stop this when we say to ourselves, we're responsible for digital ethics ourselves. We have to be part of the solution. And I'm asking people to say this to themselves, just because I can doesn't mean that I should. Well put, and and uh, for the ages too, right? I mean, we humans have been saying exactly. that for for thousands of years, as you point out. Um, what what role do you see AI playing in this? Is that a possible solution? Like, if we can um, have AI that has an agreed code of conduct that is this is human ethics. This is generally how we like to work with one another, um, and and we all agree these are kind of the rules. Could AI play a role here, where it's watching for apps like this, it's helping uh, in the background, making sure that you know we're all playing on a level uh, playing field or agreed playing field, um, and 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 is able to move at the speed that technology can move at. Absolutely. Now I think that I think AI can be. AI, look, here's the way, what we have to remember. The only difference between that 90 gigahertz nitrogen cool 32 core processor and a hammer is, is, is how fast they are, right? <laughs> and what they, what, you know, they, they're both levers. They're both tools, and both of them have to have ethical input. With the hammer, we, we put the ethics in when we, when we grab a hold of it, with, grab a hold of the handle. With, with, the, with, the, the pro, with that processor, we we have to install ethics in it because it operates without us being around. So we have to put that in in advance. So we absolutely, just as artificial intelligence is, is, a, is a hammer, a modern day hammer, it's a tool, we have to apply ethics to it. And so yes, I think there's some, there's some of that. There are standards that we can all agree on. That we can, and, and see, this is the thing. Regular consumers can start demanding these things. We've got to do it ourselves. We have to. We have to be part of the. Be responsible. We have to. We have to talk to Facebook and Google and 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 Amazon and and these other and and any company out there, that's that's offering digital leverage, including ourselves. We when we create our own digital leverage, we have to say to ourselves, okay, I want to. You know, I want to. I want to walk the talk, and and if we see a digital lever, that doesn't have appropriate ethics, then we need to refuse it. We need to go away from it. We need to let people know we, we don't accept that. I, I, I refuse that. I reject it. And we've got to do that. Even, even if it's the sexiest app you've ever seen, we still have to do this. See, Jim, I, I maintain that hundreds of years before a robot or artificial intelligence takes us down, we'll do it to ourselves by pushing an inner key when we shouldn't have. Right, right. Fascinating. For those of you not familiar with CompTIA, take a moment to listen to this important message about how you can get more connected with your industry trade association. CompTIA benefits provide members with a wealth of resources that, when leveraged, result in measurable impact, helping to grow IT businesses and careers. Become a member today at comptia.org register. Well, we're going to wrap up here a little bit, but I want to give you an opportunity to just, you know, take us 20 years out. You know, this, this is a fascinating topic. Ethics is core to who we are as humans. 
Paint us a picture in the future, 20 years from now. Where will we be? How will we be grappling with this issue? Um, what will new, um, what will success look like? Well, uh, Jim, uh, I, that's actually what I did in my book. I went 20 years out and I went 80 years out. Wow. And, and I actually have parallel universes in the book where, where it went one way and that was good. It went the other way and it wasn't so good. So, so that's, that's all part of the ending of the third ingredient. And without giving too much away, I will say this. I do believe that we shouldn't be mad at digital ethics. We shouldn't be mad at the new technology. These are tools. They're not going to go away. But I will tell you that if we don't get some, if we don't discover a way to, to converge our analog ethic requirement, that we require trust, we require ethics. If we can't find a way to converge that successfully, make a handshake with AI, with digital leverage, if we can't find a way to put those two together, there is gonna be a reckoning in the future. And it won't, I'd like to say one last thing. I want people to kind of cut themselves a little bit of slack. If you're feeling overwhelmed and anxious, there's a reason for it. We never, one thing I like to say, Jim, is We've gone from mammoth to mainframe. It took us 10,000 years to go from mammoth to mainframe, right? Right. We've, all, we've gone from mainframe to, to mobile computing in, in, to, in a couple of generations. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of changes in a very short compression of time. Mm. We need to cut ourselves a little slack and understand that no human being has ever had to deal with this kind of change before. Yeah. And, and I think if we'll take a deep breath and realize that and realize that we also have the, the same leverage that's creating challenges for us also as it has been now for 100 years has the same capacity to provide solutions and I think that's what we need to realize and it's all what, is they, what do they say garbage in garbage out mm -hmm. ethics in. if you want ethics to, be, to come out you got to put ethics in it yeah, fascinating. Well, uh, for those who are listening, um, the, the book is called The Third Ingredient, The Journey of Analog Ethics into the World of Digital Fear and Greed. I've been talking with Jim Blassingame, the author, um, and it's just been fascinating to uh, hear your perspective on this subject. So thank you very much, Jim, for joining us for today's podcast. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate that. I hope you don't mind me saying this book has won five international awards. I'm very proud of it. Oh, you should be proud of it. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Thanks, Jim, Jim. And thanks it. for joining us on today's podcast. Thanks for listening to the MTech Cast. To learn more about CompTIA's emerging technology community, visit comptia.org slash communities.